chapter 7. And I'm reading from verse 1. Genesis chapter 7 and reading from verse 1. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and two of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals of birds and all the creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the flood waters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, and Jesseph, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every kind of animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings, pairs of creatures that have the breath of life in them, came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female, every living thing as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to the depths of more than twenty feet. Every living thing that moved on the earth perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swam over the earth and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. Men and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. With us last week, we uh, began this new series on uh, Noah and the Ark, and uh, we said that uh, it certainly wasn't a children's story, and uh, you certainly wouldn't be wanting to read uh, chapter seven to the children before they went to bed, uh, reading all, about all that destruction and how God is is wiping everything out. Uh, we asked the question about whether or not it was uh, a true story and uh, whether it really happened and uh, we were greatly helped by a guy called Melvin Tinker uh, in his writing about the story and one of the things that he said 
is uh, the dissension occurs not necessarily because doubt is being cast over whether these books are inspired by God's Spirit. The main bone of contention is how they are to be interpreted. And we said, um, really, uh, the controversies about the story of Noah and the Ark is how we interpret them, what we say about them and what we think about them and what we teach about them. And uh, we said that uh, we, we talked about mankind's failure and about the wickedness and the evil and the sin and why it was that God was bringing uh, destruction on the earth. Uh, we talked about God's favour to Noah and how God singled Noah out and found Noah as a good person. And we talked about Noah's faith in that he simply did everything uh, that God asked him to do. And so today we are continuing the story of uh, Noah and the ark. And uh, this is part two. And uh, I want to begin by saying that uh, the ark is God's provision. The ark is God's provision. God provides for Noah and for his family a place where they can go that will be safe. A place where they can be with God. The Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family. God invites Noah to enter the ark with his whole family. So, uh, David Atkinson uh, talks about the ark has been the provision. He says, within the judgment of God, there is the mercy of God. When God established his covenant, he moves in action to save. Noah too had to endure the time of judgment. Yet he is kept safe on the basis of God's gracious provision. Noah is kept safe because of God's gracious provision. Noah had to build the ark, but it was God's idea. It was God that told Noah to build the ark. God wanted an ark building and he said, I, Noah, just the right man. Plenty more where that came from. <laughs> so the ark is, is God's provision. Uh, God provides a place for Noah and his family to go. And uh, it seems to me that uh, the ark can be uh, symbolic of the church because uh, God has provided uh, the church as a place for the people to go that he invites people to come into the church in the same way that he invited Noah and his family to come into the ark and just as Noah was the man that built the ark uh, we know that the church has been built by another man called Jesus Jesus says I will Build my church. So we, we, we see here how God's plan unfolds in that Noah builds the ark and Jesus builds the church. Noah invites his family to come uh, into the ark and God invites his people to come into the church. Again, uh, David Atkinson makes this link. He says, Noah takes on himself the pain and darkness of the tomb in order to pass safely through the time of divine judgment. By his willing obedience to God, he becomes the saviour of those of his family who trusted in him and his God. And he goes on to say, No wonder the ark is featured in Christian thinking as a symbol of salvation in Christ and as a picture of God's church. 
Here we have a picture of God's church. So the ark is God's provision and so is the church. And just as Noah brought people into the ark, one of our jobs is to bring people into the church. We are to uh, encourage people to come into the church in the same way that Noah encouraged his family and the animals to come into the ark. And sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? Trying to get people into the church. It feels like it's hard work. It feels like we have to do a lot of pushing and shoving and, uh, and persuading. But this is what we are called to do. We are called to bring people into the place that God has provided. The church was God's idea. Jesus uh, sent off his disciples into the world to form the church. And uh, it was built upon him. So we are uh, to make uh, sense of what God is doing. God provides uh, a place for Noah to come into that will be safe. And God provides us a place of safety uh, in the church. So the church and the ark are God's provision. And then the ark, I want to say the ark is God's protection. The ark is God's protection for Noah and for his family. Uh, Noah and his sons and his wives and his son's wife entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. It was by going into the ark that they were protected from God's coming judgment. They enter uh, the ark. Um, it was a life preserver. Uh, they came into the ark and they were saved from the flood uh, as we read uh, the rest of mankind and all the animals uh, perished. And God uh, protected Noah and God protected the animals in the ark. So it's about God's protection. And just as we say the ark can be symbolic of the church, the ark is, always, is also symbolic of what Jesus does. Because just as the ark saved Noah and his family, uh, Jesus saves us. In, uh, in 1 Peter, when Peter uh, refers to the time of Noah, he says, God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolises baptism that now saves you also. Not, that, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here what Peter is doing... Is, uh, he's saying this is, this is like what happened in the days of Noah. Just as Noah went into the water, uh, he symbolises it with baptism. And he says this is how we are saved through Jesus Christ. And just as Noah and his family found safety and protection in the ark, you and I and people out there can find safety and protection uh, in Jesus Christ. It's important to... Uh, to, uh, to recognise that, uh, that this is what Christianity is all about. John Stott in Basic Christianity. Some of you might uh, recognise this uh, quote from yesterday. Christianity is a rescue religion. It declares that God has taken the initiative in Jesus Christ to deliver us from our sins. This is the main theme of the Bible. The main theme of the Bible is about God saving his people. We see it in the story of Noah and the ark. 
We see it in the story of Moses when he rescues his people uh, from Egypt. And we see it in the story of Jesus where God rescues his people through Jesus' death on the cross. This is the main message of the Bible. Uh, Christianity, as John Stock puts it, is a rescue religion. We're in the business of rescuing people. That's what we're about. Of course, not everybody wants to be rescued. I'm sure you've heard the story of uh, a man that was caught in, in a flood. And uh, as, the, as the flood rose, he, he went into his, his, his bedroom. And then as the floodwaters rose even higher, he went onto his, onto his roof. And he, and he sat on his roof. And along comes a boat. And the guy in the boat says, jump into the boat. And the guy says, I'm a Christian. God's going to rescue me. Thanks very much. And the boat goes off. Another boat comes along. And, and, and the guy says, jump into the boat. We'll rescue you. And the guy says, no, I'm a Christian. And I'm absolutely convinced God is going to rescue me. The floodwaters are almost up to the chimney and his client is hanging onto the chimney and a helicopter comes and he says, jump on and he throws him a line and the man says, no, it's okay, I'm a Christian, God's going to rescue me. Well, the floodwaters rose and uh, the man drowned and he died. And when he got to heaven, he was quite upset and he said to God, he said, God, he said, I believed in you, why didn't you rescue me? And God said, well, I sent two boats and a helicopter. What more did you want me to do? We're in the business of rescuing people. But sometimes people don't realise it. Uh, When the rescue people arrive, they don't see it. And many people miss the opportunity to be rescued by Jesus because they can't see what God is trying to do in Jesus Christ. So Christianity is a rescue rescue religion. And uh, the ark was God's protection. It's important to point out, and especially in light of what people have shared... Uh, this morning, that when I said uh, the ark is God's protection, it doesn't mean that God's going to protect us from the bad things that happen in this world. Uh, Noah's uh, life is saved through the through the flood through the ark from the flood waters, but he still suffers. Uh, he was in the ark for almost twelve months, uh, and it wasn't. This was no cruise liner. This was harsh. Harshness and uh, and uh, in all in there with all those animals and, uh, and and with the family, you know, we had the family for Christmas uh, just for two days. Uh, imagine being stuck in, in in a boat for with 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 the, with the family for for a whole twelve months, and they've all brought the pets with them as well. Just imagine what that would be like. So. I'm not saying that God protects us from everything, everything that happens in this world. I'm not saying that, that when we become a Christian that God won't let bad things happen because we know it. Uh, we've heard it this morning and, and you and I have experienced it. No, Noah is protected from God's judgments in that he is saved. And Jesus will protect you from God's judgment because you will be saved. Not because of your goodness or righteousness but because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Uh, in the meantime, you may have to suffer. And uh, I'm always comforted in my suffering by the fact that I remember that I worship a God who suffers in Jesus Christ. And you know, our, our, our text for the year, we talked about that God has a, a plan for us, a plan to, not to harm us, but to prosper us and to give us hope and a future. But remember, the context of that was in, in the midst of Israel's suffering in exile. God's promise is for the future. So God, the ark is God's protection. It saves Noah and his family. And the animals as well. 
And uh, I said I had more for you. You know where, you know where, uh, you know where Noah kept the, the the bees on the ark, don't you? In the archives. They get worse, don't they? They get worse. The ark is, is God's protection. For 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The flood came. Um, after we'd gone into uh, last week, uh, you know, th- thinking about th- what sort of literature was and when it, whether it was real or not, of course the question that people wanted to be asked ask me after the service was, well, Richard, do you believe that this is a real story? And uh, I don't know if you, uh, you saw Joanna Lumley's The Search for Noah's Ark just after Christmas. I watched it this week uh, on, uh, on YouTube. And uh, I'm hoping, I'm looking up because we're not... Yeah, we, we, we can just show you a little clip, I think. I commend it to you because it will answer all the questions that you've got about, uh, about Noah's Ark. But one of the interesting things is that Joanna does look at the other uh, flood stories in other religions and other civilizations. And uh, it would seem to me um, that the, the, the fact that there are all these different stories uh, in, in different places about the fact that there was a flood, it would seem to me that there probably was in some uh, ancient time a flood and a guy with a boat. Um, whether that was a local flood or a worldwide flood, well, you watch the program and, uh, and you see what you think. But it, it seems to me that this story, uh, like uh, Tinker was, was saying, it is about how we interpret it. And uh, the problem is for us in our Western world, it, 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 we live in a world that it's either it is or it isn't, and, and, there's, no, and there's no middle ground. It's either this or it's that. And, and, and we have a, a way of thinking, and we come to this story uh, in our you know, 21st century uh, eyes, and we look at it like that, and sometimes we have to uh, read about it. And uh, I was at the Fresh Streams conference this, this week, and, w- and one guy used a, a term that I, that I really liked. He said, I want to be uh, a thinking charismatic. I want to be a thinking charismatic. And uh, we need to think about Scripture, we need to study Scripture, and we need to really uh, look into Scripture. So, um, the ark is, uh, is God's protection. It's the, the means by which Noah and his family are saved from God's judgment. And uh, Jesus Christ, in the same way, uh, saves us. And then we get the fact that God remembered Noah. This is in chapter 8, we didn't read it. Uh, but in chapter 8 it says that God remembered Noah. And uh, this uh, is about the fact that the ark is God's promise. The ark is God's promise. And, uh, and by that, I mean that God's promise to Noah was that he was going to save him, that he was going to make a covenant with Noah and that he would be spared. And Noah goes into the ark not as a mere survivor, but as the bearer of God's promise for this new age. He's taking God's promise with him. The ark is God's promise. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. When it says God remembered Noah, it doesn't mean that he forgot about him and that he was so busy over here doing all this flood business and he suddenly remembered, oh yeah, I've left Noah in that boat somewhere. Uh, It wasn't like that. What it means when it says God remembered, it means that God remembered the promise that he'd made to Noah. He remembered the covenant. He remembered what he had said. And what God says, he does. 
And when God says, I'm going to make a covenant with you, Noah, uh, he keeps to his part of that covenant. And he saves Noah from the flood. And he sends a wind over the earth and the waters receded. The ark is God's promise. The ark is God's promise. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And one of the places that Joanna Lumley visits is the Mount of Ararat, where many people have searched for Noah's ark. You know, many people have, uh, have, have searched for Noah's Ark and many people have expeditions uh, because there is a mountain in Turkey called uh, Ararat and uh, people have climbed it. It's 17,000 feet. It's a high mountain and it's a dangerous mountain. And uh, all sorts of people have gone there searching for Noah's Ark, searching, uh, you know, for bits of wood or something that will, will prove. Uh, I've read a book uh, and uh, I think one of the congregations has, has borrowed it, actually, and, and is also reading it. The Lost Ship of Noah in Search of the Ark at Ararat. Charles Berlitz uh, tells of, of his travels. And, uh, and, and if people ask the question, you know, how, how on earth could a wooden boat last all that time? He's got the answer. It's frozen on the mountain of Ararat. And it's there waiting to be discovered. Uh, not everybody... Uh, thinks that's the case not everybody thinks that's the case the ark is God's promise and of course as, as God stills the water again we have to remember that this ancient story uh, when we think of the water we think of trips to the seaside but do you remember in creation it was the waters of chaos um, that God had to calm. In, in the psalmist, the, the psalmist talks about, about the monsters of the sea. Uh, the water was seen as this place of chaos uh, that God had to bring order to do. It was seen as a dangerous place. So this idea of, of flood waters being, uh, you know, a dangerous and God's divine judgment. Uh, the people thought that the weather uh, was very much something to do with God's judgment. Um, I can tell you that it's not, and it's a good news for people that live in Lum, isn't it? Because if, uh, if the weather was God's judgment to us, every time we opened the curtains, we'd think maybe God's not very happy with us. Um, but in ancient times and in ancient civilizations, you know, people worshipped the sun and people looked at the weather as being God's divine uh, judgment on people. And of course, uh, you can understand when we read stories like Noah's Ark how people could think such a thing, because here God uses weather. Um, in the destruction of the world. Uh, but if you think in the New Testament, uh, imagine coming out of that idea of thinking, you know, that God is a person that brings order to chaos. Imagine the impact when Jesus is able to, to still a storm. That Jesus is able to do what God did in creation. Uh, imagine the significance for the people of Israel who had a deep understanding of God and understood that the waters were uh, a dangerous place and a place of chaos where sea monsters uh, were likely to jump out and get you. And here comes Jesus and he calms the waters. He's able to control uh, creation. Uh, God's promise, of course, is seen most of all in Jesus. But this covenant goes right back to Noah uh, because the Noah... 
God made a covenant with Noah. And this is God's promise to Noah. And so, um, in summing up, the ark is God's provision. God provides a place of safety for Noah where he can go with his family. And God has provided us with a place to church where we can go, we can bring our family and friends. The ark is God's protection. God protects Noah and saves Noah and rescues Noah uh, from judgment. And Jesus does the same thing. He rescues us if we want to be rescued. And the ark is God's promise that God has made a covenant with Noah and with all of the earth. And we'll think a little bit more about that promise and that covenant next week when we come to the final instalment of Noah and the ark. But for now, let's remember that God provides, that God protects, and that God promises.